This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 67. Today on our show, Chris Breeden from Arnold's Bar and Grill. My one ghost story is one time when I was closing the bar by myself, it was back when I was a bartender, I was counting the money, and then in the women's bathroom, there was just a pounding on the door, like, just like that, and there was nobody, nobody there. Arnold's is the oldest bar in Cincinnati, one of the oldest bars in the U.S., but not the oldest in Ohio. We find out how it all got started, the Tarbell years, and how Chris's mom became the owner back in the late 90s. We'll also talk about some of the TV shows and movies that have filmed and or taken inspiration from Arnold's. Be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. So now let's sit down and talk with Chris Breeden from Arnold's Bar and Grill. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. Yeah, so this is it. Welcome to the uh, Cincy Shirts podcast. So yeah, we're here with uh, Chris from uh, Arnold's downtown. Which is the oldest bar, not only in Cincinnati, but... It's not the oldest bar in Ohio. There is a, a, a bar older. I think it's in Dayton. And uh, like they don't really promote themselves as being the oldest bar in Ohio. They're not... They, I don't know like if they don't see the marketing opportunity there or if they're just like a family-run business and they're just cool with doing what they're doing. Jeez. But there is one that's older. But so older than 1860s. A, older than the 1860s, yeah. Well, the Golden Lamb is pretty old, but that doesn't. That's a that's restaurant. A restaurant. That doesn't yeah. count as a bar. Okay. Yeah. We got so. some historic eateries uh, in these parts, don't we? I'd say. But uh, but yeah, how many how many bars even survived prohibition? Uh, I mean, I can't really think of any other ones that continuously operated through prohibition. Uh, there's like bars that were around before, but. Uh, I can't think. I don't know of any that were around that made it through Prohibition uh, at, without closing. Yeah, I don't know I mean, if it's a single one, but the, I'm sure there is one. I just don't know. Be tough. I don't know or they, it is. they took a break and yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure the Golden Lamb was a bar or something. At some point, yeah. So, can you walk us through the history of Arnold's? Do you? Um, let's like there's a there's a guy named Mike Morgan. Yeah, and he knows the history one hundred thousand times better than me. Uh, he's going to write a book on it, but I can nice. walk you through the basics. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's all we care about, yeah. really. So, uh, <laughs> so Arnold's um, opened in 1861. It was opened by Simon Arnold. Uh, what's kind of interesting and unique is like uh, if you've been there before, it's got there's kind of like two entrances. And uh, back in the day, the one entrance was the ladies' entrance. We actually have a picture from 1902 that there was a ladies entrance and then just the regulars entrance regular entrance but uh after him uh it went to his son Hugo who oper- operated it through uh prohibition and just as a kind of a funny thing we uh we work we work with um uh Woodstone Creek Distillery and they put out Hugo Arnold's bathtub gin named after the owner of Arnold's at the time so 
Uh, and obviously Arnold's is famous for having the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, I so, guess I assume that the bathtub was a Taft reference. Yeah. No, right. no. We are uh, we are the best bathtub in Cincinnati. We like to say that. <laughs> uh, screw that other bathtub. But we... Uh, people get stuck in it. People, apparently. yeah. Like, so ours is... No, we have a bathtub in the second floor of our building. And um, they think... Gin was made during Prohibition. I mean, we have no proof of that. There was uh, the owner of Arnold's uh, at the time was arrested twice with uh, trunk in his or booze in his trunk. But basically, uh, what it was a bathroom at one time, uh, we we now seat it for dining. Wow! So the tub just sits right in the middle of the room. It's still a working bathtub. That's awesome. The original oh, wow. tub, huh? The original tub, yeah. And we have a kitchen base. Like so, we call that the tub room. And then in another room, there's the, the original kitchen basin. And Arnold's is actually older than indoor plumbing, so all the pipes and stuff are outside of the walls. Wow, to this day. To this day, yeah. So what, did it go up to like a big thing on the roof like you see in... I don't know. Thing? Like, uh, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't see... There's no pictures. The oldest picture we have of Arnold's is from 1878, and it doesn't have anything on the roof. I know uh, just another uh, random interesting thing is... Um, there was a giant water tower on the building next to us, which is a huge building. And uh, when they tore that down, uh, they uh, Jim Tarbell um, salvaged the wood from it, made all of our tables in the courtyard out of it. Oh. So, uh, and it's, all, it's like a really waterproof wood, like a cypress, I think, that is extinct oh. from Florida. Huh. Wow, that's cool. Wow. So after Prohibition, what happens? Uh, after Prohibition, uh, like it gets for me a little bit uh, cloudy, but uh, it was it was sold multiple times. At some point, uh, it, I think it's been in six families now. At some point, it got sold uh, to a Greek person, and they brought in the Greek spaghetti, which is our most popular dish, and it's been on the menu since 1957. No, There's it's also, not chili. That's just the it's, Greek it's not chili. It's Greek spaghetti. Uh, so it's basically. Uh, we can tell you the ingredients uh, exactly because uh, we just make it better than everyone else. Oh. So we're not <laughs> afraid to tell it. So Greek spaghetti is ba- basically uh, butter, olive oil, garlic, olives, and bacon. Hmm. And that's it. So we just saute olives and bacon inside, basically butter noodles. I kind of describe it as adult butter noodles. Yeah, my kids would love that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> right? it, it's awesome. And uh, we just we just make it really great there. And uh, we have since 1957. And then at one point, uh, it was also owned by a professional wrestler, and uh, then he sold it to Jim Tarbell, which is kind of like Jim Tarbell turned it to the icon. It was kind of like, it's always been well known, but it was, it wasn't the bohemian live music type of place. It was more of like a diner, dive bar kind of place prior to him, and then once he bought it, he really... uh, Gave it the personality that people think of when they think of Arnold's. He stressed yeah. the history and stuff, or he, he stressed the history. Like okay. a lot of that stuff, uh, like you'll see crazy old pictures of Arnold's. Like uh, they removed the bar uh, during Prohibition and they put in like a stainless steel bar. So when he came in, he went to Covington and got this bar from this original of the period, and then uh, they car- actually carried it across the bridge because there was no truck bed that they could get that was long enough and. Jim Tarbell wasn't rich at the time to get be able to like rent a trailer to do it, so they put part of it on a on a regular truck and then they carried it the other half of it all the way across the river. Oh my god! So wow. it's the the bar you have there now is from the Prohibition it's, era. It's and from it came way from before Prohibition. Era. Oh, okay. Like uh, it's from like eighteen hundreds uh, or maybe in the early nineteen hundreds. So he he found it and then brought it over. 
So uh, there was also like tons of things in the in the, the third floor, and he brought them all back down. So we have, and we still do have tons more up there. And things get replaced over time. He brought all the stuff down, all the old photos. There was tons of old beer advertisement that just sat there, and he brought it all down and, and uh, brought the history the back into yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. See some shirts in there. <laughs> yeah. So, are there any connections to like George Remus or uh, uh, any there's of those no, gangsters? There's not direct connections. Uh, I mean, you can always assume it, but I don't have any direct connections. Yeah. The closest thing we have is that we serve 50 West. <laughs> there you go. So, what else is on that third floor that's hiding? Uh, well, on the third floor, I mean, we do, uh, we have, it's kind of like storage up there. It's just like where stuff doesn't fit. And sometimes something will go up there and it'll sit there for a while and then it'll get framed and taken downstairs. Like we have, uh, we actually have a flat file up there. <coughs> I can't think of another bar that would have a flat file. So we have a flat file and it's got posters and all kinds of artwork that was created over the years for us. So uh, just a matter of getting it all downstairs. Is this stuff that's connected wow. to Arnold or the stuff that you found over the years that is from the past that might fit one day into Arnold? Well, for the flat file, it's mostly stuff that's to do with Arnold's. Even back in the like 80s, uh, Jim Tarbell used to do like uh, things called the oddball and the fall ball. And uh, he had artists create art for him and then uh, they made screen prints of it. So we still have a bunch of posters from the 80s up there, like a s- thick stacks of them. And then even into today to where we're working with uh, actually a lot of the same artists you guys are, like uh, Rob Warnick and uh, James Builder, who do prints for us. They do limited edition screen prints. So we uh, keep keeping that tradition going then, huh? We are. We're trying to keep it. Arnold's is still very much uh, entrenched in the art community as it's been since Jim had owned it. That's great. Then how do you uh, come on board? Well, uh, luckily, uh, my mom started serving there when I was about, uh, I would say, eight years old. And she started as a waitress, and we were poor. And uh, she worked her way up, and she worked her way to manager. And then Jim Tarbell liked the way she ran it, so he sold it to her. And uh, she had to mortgage all of her, mortgage all her stuff, get her friends the mortgage stuff, max out their credit cards, and lend her the money. And uh, she bought it. And then... uh, Luckily for me, I started there about 15 years ago as a server, and then uh, I got my stuff together enough uh, five years after I started to become a manager. And uh, now my mom is due to retire in January, and then I will be uh, running Arnold after that. Running the show. Running the show. That's awesome. Wow, how often does that happen where... uh you know, you can, you work your way up through the company and you actually buy you, it. You own the place now. Yeah. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't happen often, I don't think. And if it does, it's probably not with a place uh, as successful as Arnold's. But Yeah. Uh, I know. Like, how would you even put a price tag on that? And then, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure that was... Uh, Oh yeah, well, a soon, whole another story. <laughs> uh, she uh, as soon as she bought it too, the then the riots hit, and then downtown just Ooh, evacuated. Uh, so she had some very lean years of uh, it being very close to closing, and then uh, there was a point where uh, where she was saying like where this was happening. So she like did a letter to the editor for the for the Inquirer, and then the Inquirer did a story and ran that letter and did a story, and then people started coming back to Arnold's and in droves because they didn't want it to close. Obviously, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think this town would let that let anything happen to that place. Yeah, they say. Arnold's is kind of like like in the, even the way we look at it we don't we don't own it like the city owns it and kind of everyone thinks of it that way or 
like obviously not everyone's heard of Arnold's that lives in the city, but the people that partake in the in the atmosphere there, they feel like they own it, and we feel like they own it too. So Arnold's is kind of like more of like a landmark than a restaurant. Yeah. You guys looked into getting it like uh, a historical uh, really, society or something like that. Uh, or so I, I've looked into it partially. I mean, we don't have a publicist or anything or like people that will work towards the stuff like that for us. Uh, but uh, the president's uh, no president's ever slept there for the night. Uh-huh. There's no uh, there's no important historical things that are happening there. Like if if you come to Cincinnati, you're aware of how important historically it is. But on paper, you may not get that if you're in Washington, D.C. or wherever the people are that do that. So we, we attempted it once, but it was me uh, applying, and I'm not necessarily the. – I'm way better at running a restaurant. Yeah, well, it, like I said, it, it survived all these times, like Prohibition, but nothing – no, like, individual event happened that makes it famous particularly. It yeah. just went, it went through all, like, World War One, World yeah, War Two, yeah. and just saw all this stuff. But Isn't yeah. that enough? Yeah. That, it should be. That should be enough. Well, the yeah. Civil War table opened in 1861. It, yeah. It's, it's pre-Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Pre, about Pre-Reds. Pre-Reds. You, you can't necessarily be uh, uh, considered a National Historic Landmark for being old. Yeah. Like, that's... And actually, our whole uh, our whole neighborhood is a National Historic District, so it's already got all those protections. I was going to say. But obviously, we want the plaque, you yeah. know, but yeah. we haven't found our way into getting it just yet, but I... There's got to be a way for us to get it, I would imagine. I mean, uh, you got to get Trump to get a yeah. night there. He's yeah. <laughs> about the best burgers, believe me. Uh, so when you're in the National Historical <laughs> Register in a historical neighborhood, are you limited to, like, the stuff you can do as far as, like, to the uh, outside well, of the building if you want to, like, no, paint it or if you want to change something around? We're not uh, – I don't think legally we are uh, held to that. Like, we could put new windows in there, but we haven't. Our windows – are so like we we can't update anything there. People freak out. Yeah, yeah. So like like our floors would l- really need to be redone. But like there's pictures of Arnold's from the 30s with waitresses standing there, and it's the same linoleum floors under their feet. Oh. And there's like worn parts of the floor that have been worn from the last hundred I don't know hundred years of that linoleum or 75 years old. I don't know how old it is, but those are parts are worn in the floor. So anytime I try to bring up putting a new floor down people lose it so i'm like all right i'm not gonna put a new floor wow. like we don't want to update anything i'm not being mr update but the floors are old and they could use a yeah, use, yeah. use a use an upgrade but uh but no people freak out about it and then if some people might like we get a yelp review like oh the floors look like disgusting and i mean like, we clean the floors constantly they're not disgusting they're just really old I guess you get past that point where, because some people want stuff that still looks old, but they want it to look like it looked in 1930, yeah. brand new. Whereas, yeah, you're kind of fighting that battle between, yeah. it just gets old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's probably 500 grand to do that, <laughs> to bring uh, in like a the, new. We got, we got, we installed air conditioning in the, in the, in the bar like seven or eight years ago. And people were upset with us because we were like when, uh, I know when Jim took it over, like Jeez. Jim wanted to make it like it really was. In the uh, in the eighteen hundreds, so like there was air conditioners in these windows, and he had them removed and and all this stuff. But, but I have to live my life there, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's hot, and then people would not come to the bar in the summer. So the only thing that it changed was the people that complained started coming to the bar in the summer. That yeah, like, like uh, we we try to our, our our motto kind of is 
We can update the menu. We can update the people. We can update the drinks. We can update the beer. We just can't update the building. Uh-huh. The uh, room next to the, behind the bar, that dining area, I was what, what that used to be? I can't remember. Uh, that used to be a feed store. Okay. And it, I think it was also a barber shop. Okay. But, uh, like, the courtyard if is where you used to park your horse. And then the feed okay, store that's, yeah. was in, in the bar room. Ah. Or, no, I'm sorry, the booth. We call it the booth uh-huh. room. Wow, so you guys updated that. People aren't parking their horses there. Yeah, people are not parking the horses. They're parking their butts down to eat. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. So what, what some other challenges are there with the building? I mean, the wiring uh, obviously is in oh, yeah. uh, 1860s wiring. I, the, uh, I couldn't tell you how awful everything – like the whole place is falling apart basically. But it's just a matter of getting it all, getting it all to stay uh, – I mean – you, when it fixes, you br- when it breaks, you fix it. That's basically how it goes. And like uh, the wiring is old, and the floors are old, and every like the the some of the like for instance, I'm taller than an entryway on the second floor. So if I don't duck, then I'm hit my head. I'm not just a regular doorway, just because they didn't they didn't build them for six foot three people back yeah. then. <laughs> so there's just like all kinds of little quirks about the about the building that uh. That we deal with for like the pipes. Sometimes the pipes will freeze in the bathrooms, bathroom stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, so tell us about the ghosts. There's got to be some That's ghosts there, say, yeah. right? That's next on my list. So there's got to be some murdering going on and some spirits the, haunting. The, there's the okay. So if you believe in ghosts, you 100 percent believe Arnold's haunted. Like if you if you if you go in there, I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, but there's been lots of weird stuff that happens. Uh, wine glasses fly off the shelves. Um, though my one ghost story is, uh, one time when I was closing the bar by myself, it was back when I was a bartender, I was counting the money and then in the women's bathroom, there was just a pounding on the door, like, just like that. And there was nobody, nobody there. So like when I, let's say I walked up and I put my hand on the door and I pushed it open and there was nobody inside and boom, bang and stopped. So I still don't believe in ghosts, but also if you work in a place like that, it's a lot easier to not believe in, believe in ghosts than be freaked out every single sure. time you step in the door. Yeah, that's true. Ah, it's nothing. Yeah. It's an old building. Plumbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll make up a reason. Wine like, glass falls yeah. off. It's the building settling it. It's yeah, the thing just shifted. <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, we've been investigated by uh, uh, Cornerstone Paranormal, and then they got a bunch of those EVPs, and then everything. Um, all kinds of stuff going nuts on their uh, the ghost meters. I don't remember what those are called. Yeah, but uh, uh, the the guy that uh, I think pretty much runs uh, Cornerstone Paranormal said it's practically the most haunted place in Cincinnati. Wow! Now, what what our it. our friend from Ghost Hunter say about the ghost tours? Say I can't remember. They come. They do come there. They, yeah. they come and they take everyone up to the second floor. Okay, and. and uh, uh, show them around there that uh, once a week or something like that on Fridays oh, okay. or Saturdays. Do they, they, bring, they bring the recorders and stuff? I don't know if it's them or not. No, but there's like a ghost tour of yeah, the city, yeah. so they, yeah. they they stop by once a week. Yeah, that's the guy that won't go back to Bobby Mackey's. Yeah, yeah. I stayed the night in Bobby Mackey's. Yeah, and uh, nothing happened. Yeah. Oh, come on. But, no, I believe it's totally haunted, but for... <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, there's just too just much stuff that sleep. happens there. But, like, no, I didn't get to sleep. Uh, we, we, it was on All Hallows' Eve. Um, me, because my wife loves this stuff and totally believes uh, totally believes in it. And uh, a couple other guys, actually, from Arnold's, uh, they have, like, a overnight thing where you stay there. And um, 
other people there saw stuff, and uh, people always see stuff when they're there, but me, personally, I didn't catch anything. But I still had fun watching my wife be scared. Yeah, there you go. I guess the spirits just didn't have anything to grasp onto. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And I've always they been, want to I hate was, her. I was told this in college. I told our our, uh, our ghost tour friend this uh, um, that I was told that you have to be tuned in. Yeah. <laughs> and some people are, and some people aren't. So I've never really had a, a ghostly experience. And like the true, I don't pay attention to anything most of the time. So maybe <laughs> that could be, maybe it's yeah. just happening. And I don't yeah. even notice. <laughs> Do folks count that money and getting keeping the bar? Yeah. 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 Poking my shoulder. Yeah. Come on. So there were a couple of uh, like TV shows and movies have uh, yes filmed there. Um, let's see. So there's just a show called uh, Harry's Law. It was yep. on NBC, and it only lasted two seasons. And uh, most of their demographic, I guess, was 50 plus. But it was like the number two show on television. But they're after the 18 to 25, so yep. it got canceled after two seasons. But uh, the producers of the show uh, stopped in Arnold's while they were in town, and uh, the show was based in Cincinnati. So they liked Arnold so much that they built a set of Arnold's in Hollywood, and then uh, we sent them like our table tents and our T-shirts, and they they made neon signs just like we have, and and that's the place where the cast uh, on the show hung out after they got off work, basically. Did they call it Arnold's? They called it Arnold's. Yeah, it was, oh. it was Arnold's. They used literally all of our stuff, and they, but, like, you could have missed it. Like, so it's not like Cheers where they, like, just built a bar and yeah. called it Cheers. It's not like the real yeah. Cheers and Bar. It was really a, a duplicate of Arnold's? They, they were going to do something like that, and they said, you know, we'll just make it Arnold's. And it was literally, I mean, it didn't, like, necessarily look like Arnold's inside, but uh, we had to copy, like, things we had hanging on our walls and, and send it to them. And, uh, like I said, they built multiple neons that are exact replicas of the neon. So like when, when, uh, and when the, you know, on cheers, how they show the sign before they yeah. go in, they did the same exact thing. So they'd show the sign, but it was really Arnold's sign. Oh. And then they would be inside like having a drink. It was, it was pretty awesome. And then after the show got canceled, uh, they sent us all the set pieces. So we got two backup neons and we put one up on the stage and then they had this giant stained glass, uh, window thing, uh, that they made. And we put that above the tub and it lights up. It's awesome. It's, I mean, oh, I couldn't believe cool. it. Yeah, I don't even know how much it costs to ship it. Well, man, you need to put that in your little uh, presentation to have the historical society. Yeah, yeah the, uh, <laughs> there's a booth. One of the booths, Kate Blanchett and uh, Sarah Paulson. Uh, that was a big scene in Carol, which was up for six Academy Awards. Bruce Willis was uh, murdered in the courtyard uh, at the end of uh, Marauders. And then, ah, uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. I don't know if you've seen that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh, that's happened. Uh, there's more, like, uh, there's, like, a lot of things that are super famous at Arnold's you would never guess. Like, uh, we have two, like, of the three most famous street artists in the world, it's probably Banksy, Shepard Fairey, and JR. And even if you guys don't know who those are, uh, who they all are, uh, we have two of those three uh, that have put up murals at Arnold's. Shepard Ferry did a mural 10 years ago when he came into town for the show at the Contemporary Arts Center. So it's a gigantic mural that's on the side of our building. And then if you go into the courtyard, JR, who is uh, from Paris, and 60 Minutes just did a piece on him, he put a, a mural of the waitresses. Uh, the one, the picture I was talking about of the waitresses from the 30s, he put a mural up in the courtyard. Wow. So 
I mean, it's huge. Like these are the biggest contemporary yeah. artists in the world have have come and put up murals at Arnold's. Well, let's get Banksy in on it. He can't. Yeah, be yeah. yeah. Can't leave I don't him think out. he does too much of what you add, like add, like literally the way we got him to do it was we asked. And we have another artist there too. His name is uh, Hargo, and he's from Boston, and he came up with a mural. And uh, basically, the only reason we have that they came and did is all we did was ask, and they came and did it. And they just do it. They just did it for free. For free. Wow. Well, Banksy did it. Would probably dissolve after like a week. Yeah. <laughs> or, or his fans will show up and uh, tear your whole tear, bar tear down. Tear the whole thing <laughs> down. They got to auction it off. Yeah. So you, you guys take over in the late '90s. Your mom does. Yeah. And of course, the history of Arnold's—it's very much moved with the times. So, what does your mom have some grand plan when she starts off, or she just kind of keep running the way it's running at the time? Because uh, you said you know it got more popular as she owned it once the riot thing got past. You got past well, that. She she came in basically. There was a time even after the riots was popular where the 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 menu got dated. So she kind of came in and she redid the menu and made the the, the menu was actually gigantic. And that really brought people back again. And then she uh, she's booked the music to kind of keep it uh, keep it current, and I've taken that over to keep it current yet again. Um, but she's basically just uh, updated it at the right times to to stay relevant. And and I I'm just not turning our own horn here. I can't think of another place in the city that stayed relevant as long as Arnold's has. Like in the like doing cool stuff or with young people, like the young people are still coming in generation after generation. So I don't know if they're their parents, but tons of people will tell us that like my grandpa hanged out here, my, or hung out here, uh, my dad hung out here. It's pretty crazy, and it's not something we again take credit for. Like we we're amazed by it that it still uh still has people i don't know poss- like the 70s and it was its heyday probably that people still ask us to come do podcasts and yeah, and our nice. and 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 our chef gets asked on the news i'm not even kidding three or four times a month and then esquire magazine comes and calls it one of the best bars in america literally we haven't hardly done anything changing the bar and 40 years. I mean, we've, we've updated the bourbon list and we've put 23 beers on draft, but there's no updates. So kind of like doing the same thing we've been doing remains cool somehow. Yeah. And then after the riots, sure, uh, OTR got better, but also as far as competition, you know, look at all the all the bars that are opening every day downtown. Oh, uh, well, uh, we're not missing that for sure. <laughs> I mean, like it used to be, it, it did, it used to be like the the... the Everything that opened over the Rhine was kind of a game changer. Uh, I think that definitely that has raised the bar on everything across across the board. It's raised the bar, but you have to fight to stay relevant in a situation now to where we we can't just rest on our laurels. We've got to constantly be doing events or finding new ways to get noticed because literally a hundred new places opened around us, and they're all good. It's not like crappy places open around us or we can say something bad we could i mean we go eat there too yeah there's so, un- unlimited liquor licenses unlimited so, liquor yeah. licenses around us and for much cheaper than uh, we had to pay for them but but like I- i'm there to see it like part of what arnold's has always been is also rooting for over the rhine even if we're just like outside the edge of it we root for over the rhine and it's awesome to see how how far it's come it's also awesome to see that we can uh, we can still do well, even against everything that's hot, new, and cool. Yeah, 
to where we can stay relevant. I don't even say even staying relevant. It's just that we can still swim with the fish, even though there's so many new ones and everyone loves something new. Yeah. And the thing, well, the cool thing too about you know the people over the Rhine uh, or in Cincinnati in general is like if they go down there and visit, you're not gonna go to just Arnold's and hang out there the whole night. You're not gonna go to one spot. You're gonna go to probably series of five to ten different bars. Yeah, you know, and just just hop around and there's always something new. And now what? The rooftop bars are all the all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know. So so did you guys have a rooftop? That, we, don't, uh... we, we don't have a rooftop, <laughs> but you know, at one point Arnold's was like the only outdoor dining in since downtown Cincinnati. Like just like that's just blows my mind now that uh, like literally you don't open a restaurant now without having like, outdoor dining, but uh, when uh, when Jim uh, opened the courtyard, it was the only outdoor dining downtown. Of course, downtown was kind of scuzzy back then. I think. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so there's a, a certain comfort level though, I guess, to Arnold's versus these new places that kind of works to your advantage because people kind of know what to expect. Whereas if you go to some new place, you're like, well, what's this, what's this going to be about? Am I dressed properly? Am I, you know? Yeah. Well, there is those people too that don't want any change in, in their yeah. life or whatever. Like, so if we do update the menu, people like people, there was a sandwich we had on there. It was turkey with sprouts and ranch dressing and on wheat bread. We got rid of this literally almost when I started. So this is like 12 years ago. People still complain to us about <laughs> wow. getting rid of that. And we have all the stuff except for the sprouts. So we're like, bring in some sprouts and, and we'll, yeah. we'll make this we'll you up. sandwich for you. Well, the sprouts will kill you now though, right? Are, are they making those uh, healthy again? I hadn't heard. Mm-hmm. Weren't they? Uh, well, I don't know. I thought that you got, like get all these diseases and like salmonella stuff? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, I don't know. We wholeheartedly do not serve anything with salmonella. <laughs> That's good. Confirm yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how do you how do you uh, pass the health inspections and all that stuff with a in a um, building built in the eighteen hundreds? We've gotten perfect scores on on our health inspections, uh, basically by scrubbing everything every single day. Uh, like if you look at the place, it's all dark and maybe like it wouldn't appear like it's very clean, but it is spark. It's sparkling, and uh, especially the kitchen, we keep that tip top shape. We've not, uh, we've never failed a, a health inspection ever. Awesome. We've gotten a perfect score once, even. Nice. So you guys are known for hamburgers. You're there, and when did that start? Was that? Uh, I want to say uh, hamburgers might have been because prior. So we got a we got a uh, char grill. I want to say maybe early two thousand. So that's when we started for having burgers. Before that, it was one hundred percent saute. So it was all uh, either cold side, which would be like turkey sandwiches and stuff, or pastas, which we still have several of. Uh, our burgers. Uh, well, first off, uh, our our burger recipe was made from by Kayla Robinson, and she was the chef who started Nation with. Uh, I'm not sure of all the guys, but she was the the first chef in Nation who was well known for having some of the best burgers in town. So uh, when she came over to Arnold's, uh, she started working with Avril Blay, and they have uh, they've got a. I'm not exactly sure of the mixture, but it's got prime rib, Kobe beef, and uh, ground beef in it. So it's it's a, her own custom blend she made with Everblay. Wow. And it's a solid hamburger. It is. No. I had the last time we were, we celebrated something and we were waiting in the courtyard and had ourselves a famous Arnold's Burgers. How did you guys do this year? In the, don't they do the Cincinnati Burger Week every week? And we are, year and so, that's coming up in June and we've never done it. And our first Burger Week is this year. So uh, we are looking to be insanely packed the whole time. 
not be able to move probably in there. Hmm. And then how do you decide when it is time to update the menu? And are you like like what you said? People will complain. People so they get extra cautious yeah. about it, or do you get excited? We, 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 it is exciting. You have person. you have to update the menu every few years. And it does upset a lot of people, but there's multiple reasons. Like, we'll get bored of, of it. We want to try new things and do new things. And we can't bring in a chef and be like, you have to make all of our food. Uh, like, we want to bring in someone that is uh, that is going to bring their own uh, vision to the table and constantly be, not constantly, but every couple of years be reinventing ourselves as far as food. Because otherwise, you've got liver and onions on the menu still. You've got pesto chicken. Yeah, well, whatever the thing that from from the past is yeah, like, yeah. it's just you got to move on and update, or else you will uh, you will die irrelevantly. You know, like we we want to be somewhat up to the trends as far as that goes because we can't be with any other part of the restaurant. <laughs> so as you're taking over, I mean, I guess it's kind of a different thing than if you were taking over, you know, kind of another kind of family yeah. restaurant business because of the history. It's like. Some places might look to move into a bigger building. Well, you can't do that. Some places mm-hmm. might look, let's open another location. Well, you can't do that because there's yeah. only one Arnold's. What what kind of, is it just a thing of you just keep it going and keep it fresh? Or what's your kind of I mean, plan going? I mean, we'll freshen that stuff. And, and again, uh, like it's it's it started off as like a gym, a gym uh, tradition that Jim Tarbelt built that my mom, uh, she continued that tradition as well as offering her new new parts and then i will continue that tradition um a lot of people that are in the restaurant business now especially in over the ryan stuff are part of restaurant groups and they want to open lots of restaurants arnold's i don't really want to do that i want to uh, we're only open five days a week so it's manageable for us so we want to run arnold's make a nice living here in cincinnati for our family and then put it on to somebody else we can trust that will do the same thing. It's not. It's not that I'm not ambitious. It's just it's not. And world domination isn't the view. Like yeah, taking yeah. care of Arnold, taking care of my family. I don't know what else. I mean that like that's a beautiful thing to me. And then uh, you know we're open five days a week, so uh, I don't have to work uh, ninety hour work weeks for the next ten years until I get caught up. So, uh, our, just my vision pretty much is to maintain where we're at. I mean, I don't know what I would need to update besides the menu and the drinks as far as the vibe in there. Cause I feel like the vibe is perfect and, and not because I created it because I did not create the vibe. It's created itself. Yeah. You couldn't recreate that. Mm-hmm. You can just have like, go to Anderson township and yeah. pop up one on yeah. Avenue. Yeah. It's never, and, like that's when it's all, and we've considered like trying to open other bars and stuff just, uh, in the past, but running Arnold's is a full time situation for, for, for one person or two people or three people. So people who have never been, what days are you open? We're open uh, We're open Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, we are open uh, for lunch uh, every day uh, that we're open, and we have live music every night that we're open. And on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, we're open until 1.30 for the, for the food and 2.30 for the bar. So uh, we're, we're, we do late-night dining as well. Wow. Ooh, There's okay. people eating at 1.30 on a Wednesday night? Uh, they're not on no, Wednesdays. We don't do it on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Oh, we do. Okay. There are uh, enough people for it to support itself, and then uh, like uh, the the plan is, you know, obviously for it to build build a name for itself. But where we're at, 
uh, in downtown, everything's become so hyper local. I mean, there's multiple apartment buildings around us. So, uh, you could walk out your, out of your apartment building at 1230 and have a burger at Arnold's and be back home within five minutes. Well, have you seen a lot more of that with the more downtown living? We, we do see more of that. Uh, I would say like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever lived downtown, but I lived, I used to live on court street. So I kind of like ignored everything right around me. So like the Senate was right down the street. I rarely ate there, even though the Senate's amazing. Like I, I would end up driving somewhere or, hmm. or even walking across town just because I felt like I was getting something special because of it's right there. Uh, but I did, I did eat plenty around me, but uh, it just, it kind of felt that way. So I don't know if that happens around us or not, but they're building, uh, there's a new high rise uh, going up Caddy Corner to us. And there's a new uh, high rise that's going to be built behind us, and they're all apartments. So, I mean, it can't hurt. Yeah, there's people yeah. that like burgers, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I mean, so. Late. Man, that'd be great to be able to go downstairs and just <laughs> grab a burger. Yeah, 1230. Yeah. What I about mean, a burger window? People are slinging pizza out windows and burritos. We've got a place right around steaks. the corner from yeah. our OTR store that does uh, cheesesteaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they got the, the, the pierogi window there now, too, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot pierogi. about that. You need an Arnold window. <laughs> yeah, Arnold went. Well, I don't know if we want to cut any holes in our walls. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. They could just uh, serve out of the existing holes in the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how do you like? I guess, again, we're getting back to the thing with the tradition. So, I guess trends you're probably not too concerned with, or like, we've had a couple bartenders through, and like, there seems to be trends in liquor. Yeah. You, you, I guess you're able to follow the, Like you said, you can change that out without people getting upset. And is that something you've got? We do well. We try really hard to follow the trends with beer and liquor. Uh, so bourbon's hot right now. So we have like over fifty bourbons. Uh, uh, the competition, like that's where competition with over the Rhine comes to play. We probably had the best bourbon list in the city at one point. Not the most expansive, but the best. But now we're fighting all these bars, and they're all great, and they all want bourbon. So uh, our bourbon list is just now. I mean, it's solid. It's a top bourbon list, but no way am I going to claim that we have the best uh, bourbon list in the city. But we have a strong one, and the, and the same with uh, draft beer. Uh, you know, obviously local is important, but just like we're constantly rotating twenty three beers uh, to stay up on what's cool with beer. Uh, it's probably more work. Like we probably put more effort into that than we than we should even, but. Uh, but that's just what we have to do to entertain ourselves to stay. Like, it's cool being able to get the best stuff, and, and it gives you something to go after. For sure. I mean, stocking 50 bourbons. I mean, I know there's places that do hundreds and whatnot, but how many bourbons do you really need? I mean, like, how many are really asked for the, on a regular basis? I mean, I don't know if you guys hunt unicorns, <laughs> but sometimes, I mean... We do believe in ghosts. Like, so maybe like, that's next. Like, uh... Just like exclusive limited edition, it's kind of fun just to try to get it. And then the problem is, is too, like sometimes you have to price it like lobster. So you have to give it a market price because we don't want to sell all of our, if we get Pappy Van Winkle, we don't want to sell it. We just, we want it on the shelf, you know? So we will sell it though. So we have to, we, no matter what we price we make it, people buy it. No matter what the price. Man. We had one, we had the, it's a. Uh, it was Russell's Reserve 1998. It's the rarest whiskey that Wild Turkey ever made. And I have no idea how we got two bottles of it, but there was only 2,050 made. So for the whole country. 
So I, I mean, I don't know how numbers work, but with bourbon, but I bet you Jim Beam sells 10 times out of day in bourbon, you know? Uh, so, so we got these two exclusive bottles. So at some point we, we've noticed that people are still buying it at $45 a shot. So we made it $90 a shot and people still bought it because we wanted it up there. And, uh, <laughs> no matter, no matter what you do, people will buy bourbon. So it run out? Huh? You still, you still we ran out. We got the bottle. The bottle's even worth money. Wow. Just the empty bottle. So are you a drink aficionado or? Uh... I know. I actually uh, haven't drank in 10 years, but I know more about beer than I ever did when I drank. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of a funny thing. Yeah. Like when I quit drinking, you know, people drink Budweiser and Bud Light. There was no yeah. crazy <laughs> amount of all these craft beers. So through us making these changes and updating and stuff, I know more probably about beer than anyone you've ever spoken to that doesn't drink it. So how do you decide what gets rotated and out? Just by what's selling or what people are asking for? Mm, there's uh, for word of, like word of mouth. What's the hottest thing? Also, you build relationships with different breweries. You know, we're real loyal to about you know ten different breweries over over the years. We've been we've been local since there was so Arnold's was the first uh, bar to carry Christian Morline when it came back out. Uh, they actually had it delivered by a uh, horse-drawn carriage, and we still have the first tap handle that they made for that day. Wow. So we've been carrying local beer uh, since the beginning. So as soon as uh, uh, Rivertown came out, we we had that. We, we have a, a T-shirt that we made called the Breweries of Cincinnati that had 12 breweries on it. It was every brewery in the city. That's like – so we were, we were able to say, hey, we got a T-shirt on. It's got every brewery in the city. There was only 12, and this is only like five years ago. So now there's like 60. Yeah. So basically our biggest part is local. I would say 15 of our giraffes are local breweries that we have built relationships with. So how do you make the decisions among the local ones now? Because I did be kind of like, like you said, you're focusing on local, but now that there's 60 of them and you only have room for so many, how do you... And they're all good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They're all good, (laughs) too. I think, uh, well, we have, uh, we've built the relationships we have now, so they're on permanently. And to, like there, there's nothing that's going to get them to off tap basically. And then if you got a new one that comes in, we'll rotate them in. We will any brewery that comes up and asks us to carry their beer, we'll carry it at least once. Okay. And we'll we'll have like we have like four or five rotating taps that we rotate them in. And but like more line and Fifty West and Rheingeist and Listerman and Madtree, we've all we've built relationships with all of them, and and uh, they stay on tap permanently. Have you found, uh, you know, you can do all that stuff with all the, the newest, latest, greatest beers, but people still come in, they still want a Hootie Delight. You know, oh, yeah. Want the... Oh, yeah, yeah. We sell, we got Hootie Delight. We have Burger Cans. Yeah. And, but I don't even think most people realize, like, here locally, Burger's still out. I, they, they said they do a lot of uh, Burger in, like, Pennsylvania. But, uh, yeah, we get people asking for the classics pretty often. We even have Little King on tap. And we were the first bar to have that on tap since the seventies when it when it came on. We begged them to have it on tap for, oh, for a wow. long time. So and it would make it taste different, I would think, because it's not in the uh, green bottles. Yeah. So there's no light getting to it in the keg. So it's got its own flavor. Uh-huh. So How many like, people have Little Kings on tap? I, we're the only ones I know of off the top of my head, and we were exclusive for for a long time. Uh, I think there's three or four bars that carried on tap. Man, I mean, yeah, that's. Just the hipsters alone, I think. Right. We, uh, yeah. Be all up in that. We were we, we we convinced old style to come to Cincinnati too, like old style on draft. It was always in the cans, but 
uh, we were like, we want old style on draft. We want old style on draft until uh, they finally got it. And we, we actually bought like a vintage tap handle. And when we, we quit, decided to carry that, but Motor carries it. So we sent them up our, our antique tap handle and they'll have that on tap forever. Nice. Once, once we went to Little Kings, we, we sent, we were sent old style packing just cause it's, <laughs> yeah. 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 And he could have thrown that. That top handle in the trash, but yeah. no, you no. get it here, buddies, right down the yeah. street. Mo- yeah. Motor, who doesn't love motor? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were just talking about it before the show, actually. <laughs> um, so, does Mister Tarbell stop by often? Uh, he does. He comes in and acts like he runs the place still, <laughs> uh, which is cool with us. Oh yeah, what's uh, that dynamic like? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if you're ever talking to Jim, but he'll tell you whatever you want to know, uh, pretty much all the time. And uh, yeah, we need to book him. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. he would. He would. He would probably do it. You should book him because he's got a million stories. So I'm. I'm working on trying to get a GoPro video of him just going around telling us the story of every single thing uh, at uh-huh. Arnold's because he knows everything. We got stuff like we have like the uh, like I have no idea why we have it, but we have Peanut Jim Shelton's peanut cart. Peanut Jim Shelton sold peanuts outside of Crosley Field. Oh yeah, Peanut Jim. I've been begging for a Peanut Jim shirt for years, and every time. The design staff's like, nah, I don't know if people are going to be into this peanut gym, but <laughs> well, I think I need to strong arm that peanut yeah, gym yeah. shirt through. Yeah. We well, we have uh, we have his cart uh, sitting in the bar. Uh, I have no idea how Jim got that, but Jim got it. So uh, I there's a million things around Arnold's like that, like our stained glass windows. He had those put in, and he had someone create them. And uh, there's a lot of stories he has to tell. And uh, every time he's in Arnold's, he's telling them all pretty much. How Crazy. cool is that? Yeah, like walking walking history book. Yeah. So what? Do you, so when he sold the bar, he was was that because it was, was he was too busy with his politics, or was he? That was that was a big part of it. Yeah. yeah he uh, he, he got on the council and yeah. uh, didn't have a lot of time to be running a bar. Oh. So uh, so he sold it. Interesting confluence of events. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, uh, what all events are you involved in around town? I mean, uh, I imagine Bachfest is huge with you guys. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything that you, you kind of you know champion throughout the year? Uh, well, uh, there's a lot of stuff we champion throughout the year. Uh, Bachfest is obviously the biggest thing uh, to us that we uh, that we deal with. Also, uh, Blink wouldn't really be on your radar. Well, bl- <laughs> sure, uh, oh, Blink is gonna be, Blink is gonna be awesome. Like we're already we're trying to work on something with Blink. Like we we won't be able to do anything on official capacity, but we'll try to get someone to do some sort of installment or something. There's it's gonna take over the whole. You gonna put your second neon light that's sitting upstairs? <laughs> We're gonna put that out. Well, I, we've talked about trying to get the whole alley uh, done, and then get someone to do a uh, art in, art installation of with lights in there or something. We're not gonna. Uh, we're not just going to let that happen without us doing something amazing for it. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, the last time it was in town, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Like, literally, probably the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So we are uh, definitely going to be involved plus it just packs us like insanely so uh yeah probably we, too so much excited. i'll take it though i <laughs> it, like uh i live downtown at the time and also being downtown it's one of the like honestly one of the most proud things i've ever witnessed in cincinnati so i can't wait till the next one everybody says that that it was like it a, was a big... it just blew my mind yeah. and i've i've uh I've been to a lot of places and seen a lot of cool things, but there's nothing like that that's ever compared. Like it was just blew my knock my socks off completely. 
That's awesome. So what uh, single days? I mean, opening day, I'm sure, is huge for you. Opening day is huge, and then we do something now, because uh, now it's been like 10 years running, so it's a tradition. We mark the bottom of... Uh, we mark the bottom of them every, every five cups with a number. And then if you have a number, then it corresponds with a prize. And then we give away uh, uh, autographed memorabilia uh, and old, like, 90s baseball card packs and uh, stuff that the Reds trade us for gift cards and uh, all kinds of things. So uh, that is huge. Plus, we have, like, Todd Hepburn playing uh, music. We have uh, Shakespeare Company performing Who's on First and Casey at the Bat. It's a it's, oh, wow. it's just a whole day full of tons and tons of stuff and it's completely awesome. Plus, then you see the parade and Pam Kravitz is driving the 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 bathtub float through through the parade. So it's it, that's a bonkers day for us. We've actually got something coming up on May first. It's not even announced yet. It's uh we're calling it the Garlic Festival, which is something Jim Tarbell used to do back in the day when he and Grammers. He used to have this giant garlic festival inside the uh, parking lot there. We are bringing it back this year, and we're going to include, like, garlic gelato from Matasonos and garlic buns from 16 Bricks. And uh, Rheingeist, Listerman, and 50 West are all brewing us a garlic beer. And uh, I know it doesn't sound that great, but, like, that's <laughs> it's a quirky, fun thing to do, and uh, we're, we're, we're trying it out. That's awesome. Is that your first time uh, you brewed your own beer? Or what's well, we don't brew the beer. We, we we've worked. We've done lots of collaborations. Is beers. it going to be like an Arnold's branded beer, or is it just going to be? It's going to be a garlic garlic beer. fun. They're only going to make us. They're only going to make probably a six barrel of it because like people are not going to order garlic beer yeah. in normal circumstances. So they're making <laughs> us a, a small amount of it. But in the past, we uh, uh, more line. Uh, I don't even know how long ago it was at this point. Put out a beer called Arnold's eighteen sixty one Porter. And then uh, just uh, this, uh, I'm going to say two or three months ago, uh, Listerman's put out a beer with our uh, chef, uh, Kayla, called uh, Chef Kayla's Old Fashioned Brute IPA. And uh, we've done collaborative beers with tons of breweries. Nice. We haven't had a Scentsy Shirts beer yet. No, we're still trying to get that sorted. No, somebody. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk after I, I can give you someone to put you on somebody. Oh, okay. So, how active are you with what's going on like around your building? Like you know, with streetcar or zoning, or you go with someone wants to put up some kind of a building in the area. Do you guys just go with uh, the flow, or is your are you kind of concerned about what's happening as far as how it's going to affect your? We business? we pretty much uh, stay in our lane in that area, which is. Uh, uh, there's already a lot of great people looking out for everyone. Like uh, the area that we're in is called the design district. So uh, there's like a lot of people are already looking out for us, which is a big benefit for, for Arnold's is there's so many people that look out for our best interest. So no, we're not really involved. We try to get involved with like uh, charity type stuff anywhere. But uh, other than that, we don't, we don't get into the zoning of anything. Okay. We, I just, I know a lot of people get you know involved with because the, the, the streetcar has been a big issue of down, and just getting around downtown and yeah. people moving back downtown like we were well, discussing earlier. John Schneider lives across the street from us, and he's like one of the biggest reasons there's the streetcar there. So I mean he's <laughs> he's always uh, he's always looking out for the streetcar, and it's always and he's always right across the street from us. So anytime we had a concern with that, it's a phone call. He actually got married in our courtyard. He's okay. also the reason why there's uh, lights in the courtyard. He he for his wedding, uh, there didn't used to be any any lights out there. So for his wedding, uh, they put up all the lights that you see above your head. 
the, what I want to say in the eighties, he did that. Oh, still there today. Still there yeah. today. Yeah. Part, now part of the history. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's see. Have we covered it all? What, I think we uh, have. We've covered ghosts. We've covered beer. Uh, we've covered the menu. We've covered the history. Yeah, uh, a little bit of tarbell in there. Yes, a little bit of family fun. Uh, is this is this gonna be uh, your life from here on, or uh, well, what are you uh, you got things on the horizon? Well, I have no idea what happens after January, except for me having to work more. Probably, I kind of <laughs> always said like the the biggest thing is Arnold's is basically losing its best employee once my mom quits. So, oh. uh, so I don't know exactly what I'm doing with that. I get uh, I get a three week vacation this year. That's pretty sweet. There you go. <laughs> So uh, just like my mom's giving me one last hurrah before I uh, before I have to start working an insane amount. Of Where are you hours. gonna go? Um, so me and my wife bought a, a cargo van and we are converting it into a camper van and we're gonna drive it to at least the Grand Canyon oh. and through Texas and a bunch of other stuff. It should be awesome if watch, I can figure out how to build a van. Uh, heck yeah. <laughs> So you think you're going to be out? So you're on, you're taking one three week long vacation, not three weeks separated. One up three week just, long vacation, uh, all in a van, uh, just cruising the west and then driving back, wow. and back to work. Neat. What if a, a lunch server calls out? <laughs> My mom will have to deal with it. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. she's stepping it up. Yeah. Huh? And so she's still putting in all the hours. She is still a full-time employee, yeah. I don't really know what we're going to do without her. She uh, runs circles around she everybody. Runs, she is the hard, like for sure the hardest worker I've ever known in my entire life. It's going to be interesting without someone there to crack the whip on everybody. I guess I'll be the whip cracker Yeah. after that. It's tough sometimes, but yeah, it's, that's... Uh... That's awesome. So the pressure's on. Pressure is on. Yeah. I think I'm ready for it, though. I'd say so. Yeah. Well, you guys got a great spot down there. Last order of business, uh, the coupon code. We have have our guests selected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And anyone who listens to the podcast knows that after every episode, we allow our guests to select a coupon code. Good for 20% at Cincy Shirts. At our uh, on our website and our stores. Yep. So you can come in and say, we're going to let you choose that code. What is it? What uh, what the code will be? Yeah. Word or phrase. Sh- short phrase or one word, either. Wu-Tang forever. Wu-Tang forever. Okay. All right. Love it. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. Like, you think I would go for my business, yeah, but yeah. I'm uh, completely obsessed with the Wu-Tang clan. <laughs> right. so. They're for the, for the children. They are for you know the that. children. <laughs> All right. Well, Wu Tang forever, forever at Cincy Shirts or OldSchoolShirts.com or in the stores and uh, get 20% <laughs> off. Sorted. I'll have to find a Wu Tang song to play out. What do you, what do you recommend? Uh, you know, there's uh, just because I don't know how you are with explicit lyrics, there's actually a, a, a jazz album that was put out that's all Wu Tang covers. Um, so if you just look up uh, Wu Tang jazz cover, anything okay. you picked off that will be pretty awesome. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I'll, it's, uh, that's funny. That's the only way that I'm allowed. Like, basically, Arnold is not the appropriate place for hip hop. So, basically, that's the way I've snuck it in is I put this jazz album into the playlist at Arnold's. That's to, awesome. So right? you can play a little Wu Tang. Like, Richard Cheese used to yeah, have Oh, those, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll look that up and maybe I'll, I'll plop down 99 cents for our playout song. And then, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. What about social media? Are you guys on the Instagrams we're, and the Facebooks? We're on uh, everything. That we could possibly be on. We're on, uh, it's, uh, Arnold's Bar, or at Arnold's Bar for Twitter. It is at 
Arnold's underscore Cincinnati for Instagram. And then you can just look up uh, Arnold's on uh, Facebook and uh, pretty much any other thing. I guess Snapchat. I'm just not hip enough for Snapchat, but yeah. But maybe that's the next frontier. We do it, but we have like 30 people that look at our stories and stuff. So, so it's all it's for us. Dang it, we yep. love it. <laughs> so follow us on Snapchat, you guys, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. So yeah, so Chris, uh, thanks for coming in, tell us your story. Uh, we'll have to go down and get some burgers and yes. some uh, libations. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Behind those mahogany walls, indoor pools with steel doors, flipping eggs over in my silk drawers. Chris Breeden, I couldn't find that album he mentioned at the end of the interview there, the Wu-Tang Jazz covers. I couldn't find it in iTunes, couldn't find it in Spotify, couldn't find it in Freegal. All I could come up with was this. It's from an album called Wu-Tang vs. Shaolin, or Shaolin, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, or Shaolin. Uh, they were the ones that made the Jazz covers album, I believe, but this is not the Jazz Covers album. So anyway, uh, that's the best I could do. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, find Arnold's online at arnoldsbarandgrill.com. They are also on Facebook. They are at 210 East 8th Street in downtown Cincinnati in the real world. If you haven't already, of course, go back and plunder the Cincy Shirts podcast archives. Lots of great episodes. Matt Bischoff from Survivor, Gold Star Chili CEO uh, Roger David, Bill Donabedian, the guy that founded and still co-books Bunbury Music Festival, which is coming up in just a week here. Uh, Greg Hamilton from WWE, John Keyswater talking about TV, actress Amy Yazbek, Dean Gregory from Montgomery Inn. We've had uh, Randy, Rico, and Frank Marzullo off of Weather Inn as well. And, of course, uh, two popular episodes that don't involve any really local celebrities are Haunted Cincinnati and Abandoned Cincinnati. Those are very popular as well. And if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, just drop us an email, info at cincyshirts.com, and put podcast guest in the subject line, then tell us who you'd like us to track down. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area, but still feel connected to the tri-state in some way. Today's show was produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find their music in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage teas from great places like uh, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and much more. Uh, we have a lot of defunct teams, old shopping centers, restaurants, bars, radio stations at oldschoolshirts.com. It's like Cincy Shirts, uh, but for those towns. And in case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is Wu-Tang Forever. There is no dash in there. I just think it would be easier. When I think of a coupon code, I think of it being just all one word with no you know special character. So it's Wu-Tang Forever, no dashes. You can do all uppercase, all lowercase, or alternate upper and lowercase. That part doesn't matter. But um, either it all works. And let me see. I use that take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. You can use that for a... uh you can also use it, and I'm sorry, in our brick and mortar stores, Cincy Shirt stores, in Over the Rhine, Hyde Park, and Loveland. So just go in and say Wu Tang Forever, and you'll get 20% off your entire order there. Follow our social channels Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show again. Give us a review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. Bye.